game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Alexi Lafreniere, the shooter for the Rangers. And good head of steam to pick that up. He'll come in, backhand, scores. And the Rangers will win it in the shootout. As Lafreniere pulled over to his backhand, went back five hole on Campbell. And it's a 5-4 Ranger win via the shootout. Oilers are now 0-4 in shootouts this year. Well, it is often dramatic when the Edmonton Oilers take on the New York Rangers. And certainly a lot of tension in this game as the Rangers rally from a 4-1 deficit after the first period to upend the Edmonton Oilers 5-4 in a shootout. So earlier this year, the Oilers down 3-0 going to the third on the road against the Rangers. They won 4-3 tonight. The Oilers can't hold the lead up 4-1 after one and 4-2 after two. The Oilers had a power play in the final minute of overtime, final 53, uh, final minute one, sorry, could not cash in the game-winning goal. And then the shootout lasting six rounds and Mooner calling the game-deciding goal by Lafreniere. So the Oilers now 30-19-7 on the season. They are 9-1-4 in their last 14 games. So ever since they had that six-game winning streak, they've gone 3-1-4. And, and uh, oddly enough, they have not been good in games tied after 60 minutes. Just 2-6 and six, uh, when a game is... Uh, pardon me, 2-7 and seven now. 2-7 and seven when a game has been tied after 60 minutes, including 0-4 in a shootout. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, uh, Rob, <laughs> we saw the firepower on display. The Oilers had it in the first period and then about the last 35 minutes of the game, the Rangers had it. Well, uh, the Rangers are good. They're a very, very good hockey club. They just got better with the big trade, getting Tarasenko. Uh, they're deep. They got fantastic goaltending. We talked at the end of the first period that great goaltenders don't let in that last back-breaking goal. And Shesterkin didn't. He knew that it wasn't a strong first for him. He let in four. Then he shut the door. Got a little help with some posts. Uh, but to me, the, the game changed for, for the Rangers on their shorthanded goal. The Edmonton Oilers are up 4-1 at that point, have a chance to extend it to 5-1. The way their power play is, you, you reasonable to think that, hey, this game's going to be over after this power play. Instead, Connor McDavid fans on a shot. And Adam Fox, as you said, talked about at the end of the second period, made an unbelievable play to spring Kreider. Now, they still got a little lucky, a little bounce off of Barry right back to Kreider, and he puts it in. But that changed the game. All of a sudden, 4-1 uh, is now 4-2. They got belief in their bench. They got belief in the dressing room. And as you and I were just talking off air, if it was not for Jack Campbell, it would have probably been 4-4 at the end of two. Jack Campbell made two unbelievable saves with Rangers wide open. So the Oilers were a little loose defensively. Uh, the Rangers were able to capitalize it. And in the third period, the Rangers tightened it up. They did not give the Oilers anything offensively, and they just put pressure shift after shift after shift, and you saw the depth of the Rangers. Highly entertaining game. Frustrating way for this game to finish for the Edmonton Oilers. A wasted Jack Campbell effort. Other than, I guess, maybe not wasted. He got them a point where they probably shouldn't have got a point. And then an opportunity for their power play to win a game that they probably weren't the better of the two teams and their power play unable to score in overtime. Well, the Rangers have shot the Oilers 10-2 in the third period. 
And then in overtime, the Oilers had six shots to the Rangers. Three, though Campbell made two saves in the first 20 seconds of overtime. And then he stopped Trocek. The puck went off the post, but Campbell made the save initially. And Shesterkin was good in overtime. The Oilers did get one chance right off the start of the power play. McDavid walked in and he mm -hmm. tried that hard low shot. And that was the save that Shesterkin had to make. Well, Shesterkin was good. Uh, he, he came on. Uh, he gave his team a chance to get points in this game simply because at the end of the first period, he wasn't good. And he shut the door. The Oilers had the Oilers had chances. The Rangers were better. The Oilers still had chances. And if any of those opportunities went in, it would have been too much for the Rangers to overcome. But they weren't able to capitalize. And in the third period, you saw. Uh, I watched. Just I think I saw every Ranger playoff game last year. And when they play good defensive hockey, they're hard to beat. They got a great goal turn. They don't give up a lot of chance. They won a couple one-goal games that I was watching, low-scoring games. Well, we saw that in the third period where they became a good defensive team. First two games were a little wild, both teams trading chances. The third period, it was the Rangers shutting everything down defensively, yet still been able to push going the other way, and that's why they were able to come back. Key to, for the Rangers, though, is the early goal. Lafreniere gets a goal early in the third period, and all of a sudden now, okay, now we all we need is one shot to go in for us, and the Edmonton Oilers could muster nothing going the other way. Well, and the Rangers are good. I mean, my now you're going to laugh at me because I will never. Well, okay, my, sometimes my, my preseason Stanley Cup prediction was Rangers over Oilers. That'd be an entertaining Cup final. Oh. Now last year I did pick Colorado to win the Cup. We won't talk about the team I had winning the East. I'll give you a hint. They also oh. start with New York. Oh, they I know which not, team they you picked. They may have not yeah. been in the playoffs last year. And they won't be but, again this year, probably. Well, I didn't pick them this year. <laughs> I learned my lesson. But, I mean, the, the Rangers are, they're, like, to me, it's it, it's a very deep forward core. I would put them up there with, I mean, pretty much anywhere, forwards one through nine. Uh, you know, the, and, and the, the fourth line didn't play as much. No, right? but, but Goudreau's on their fourth line. Yeah, he's, 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 he's good. He's now, the other two guys that play with them are, they're just par bit parts, but Goudreau's good. So they got, let's probably top 10. They got, their top 10 is as good as any of the And it's better than the Oilers, one through 10. Like, yeah. sure it is. Yeah, oh, no yeah. doubt about it. They're deep. I mean, the third line, Lafreniere is the number one overall pick. Yep. Maybe not as flashy. Uh, as flashy as some of the other number one overall picks, but still, he was the best in his class. Cock was a, a top three pick. And I, it seems like I always notice Heedle. Whenever I he's watch good. the Rangers play, it seems like I always notice him. Well, he's there. He's on their power play. He's on their first unit. He's out there in big situations. He, he's, he started overtime. They had him out against Connor and Leon to start overtime, so they must have some faith in him. I was looking at their lineup. They got a young lineup. Their back end is very, very young. This isn't just a team for, for this year. This is a team that's built for a number of years. The New York Rangers are good. Uh, the Oilers... I know they're players, and you talked about it before the game. They wanted to start testing themselves against the better teams, the top teams in the league. Uh, they had a run of games that they were playing the lesser lights of the National Hockey League. The Rangers are a powerhouse. This is a really good hockey club. And I think at times the Oilers found that they're capable of playing with this level. But then I think you also saw when the Rangers stepped it up a notch, it shows there are some weaknesses the Oilers still have to uh, overcome. And... It sounds funny, but I think the Oilers on the back end missed a DeHarnay in the lineup. I think he gives them a calming influence in the back end. He plays a simple game. He shuts down the, the cycle. He's just a monster out there. And I, I think the fact that he wasn't able to play tonight because of salary stuff, I think that hurt the Oilers a bit because I think he's been very, very good in the games he's played this year. Yeah, him and uh, Holloway assigned to the uh, Condors before the game with Yamamoto being activated. So 5-4, the Rangers win in a shootout. 
It's a $400 donation to 630 Ted Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They generously give $100 every time the Oilers score. Uh, I got a couple messages here from, from listeners wondering why no Kane and no Hyman <laughs> in the shootout. Now, I'll just quickly give the stats here up. Hyman had never taken a shootout attempt before the last game, though he did score on a penalty shot yep. last weekend. Uh, Kane's career shootout numbers of going off the game notes here are three for 25. Yeah, that's so I, I think that 12%. they decided to change it up. I I I, I was a little I'm not surprised about because I was a little surprised that that Hyman wasn't out there. I mean, he's only 0 for one in his career, so it's not like he's 0 for a lot. And he's been behind every the two teams he's been on. There's a long list of superstars ahead of him. Uh, I I was surprised that they got six men deep and Hyman wasn't one. I was actually surprised that Kane wasn't one. Now, maybe Kane's not your top three. Now, I know his record's not good, but a little surprised that neither of them were out there. I got, actually, I got a text as in or Kane and Hyman injured, and then I had to like count. I'm like, no, I think they're still on the bench. But uh, uh, the Oilers are 0 for 4 in shootouts, so they tried changing things up. And I said upstairs with Bob, I would have loved Leon Dreisettle. He, he's got that quick wrist shot that we've seen him take in the past when the goalie's not quite ready. Well, Shesterkin, if you watch him on the, the shootouts, you know, I, I, he did it with both Connor and Leon. He stands up straight with his legs open. He doesn't get into his crouch and set until you're at about the hash marks. I love for Leon just to one of his little quick snapshots and catch Shesterkin before he was ready. He didn't. He tried the big clapper. Uh, I, I like that play. You just got to hit the net. When you don't hit the net, it looks silly. All right, so it is a 5-4 Rangers win. They have won seven straight. Uh, I mean, they're just phenomenal. Now, ever since the calendar turned to 2023, they are 14-2-2 since January 1st. So they are uh, they're good. They they're are deep, building. And, and they're, they've gotten better over the last week. All right, let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. He is at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. Jay, uh, you had a 4-2 after 40. Yep. Uh, what would be the, I guess, the things that you didn't like about watching that lead go away? Well, you know, I think we had a clear understanding that the team that came in is one of the hottest in the league, and um, they have a lot of skill on their team. And we knew they weren't going to surrender. They found a way to get one, you know, um, you know, off a quality bounce on a shorthanded to make it 4-2 in in uh, the second period. You know, it went off of our defenseman right on the guy's stick, and he was able to score. You know, I think of uh, the third period, we were a little bit soft on the coverage um, on the third goal, and then, um, you know, they scored a five-on-three. Um, uh, you know, I think for us, there was some good parts about that, that first period, um, but it's disappointing that we didn't find the second point tonight. Right, you're... you're Outshot, I think, 10-2 in a third period. They yeah. pucked the whole... They stopped shooting the puck, yeah. They had the puck the whole time. Do you... you know, any team that's going anywhere has to make a 4-2 lead stand up through 40. <laughs> yeah. 
60 minutes here. Uh, what do you have? What has to be different in the third period? What has to change to make 4-2 stand up? Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, obviously the third period wasn't our finest finest period of the year uh, I think we've taken steps as the season has gone on to lock lock third periods down I thought uh, we gave up a goal you know we gave up a chance you know um, you know uh, two minutes in and then a goal probably two and a half minutes in and that allows the other team to feel good um, you know in the end uh, the difference was that they found a goal on their five on three. We had a four on three in overtime. We couldn't find the goal. Hey, what's happened? I mean, it, things changed, but seven straight games now. You haven't won when the games got past 60. Mm -hmm. Is it the wheel just turned, or because it used to be so automatic, especially on the on the overtime part? Yeah, I, I would say um, you saw the chances there tonight, Jim, in overtime. You know, we had quality chances to score and win. Their goaltender made some saves. Jack made a lot of good saves as well. Um, they found it, and we we did, we couldn't find it. So, is it a good or bad thing when your best player is your goaltender who gave up four goals in the in the? Um, yeah, I, I think Jack competed his tail off tonight and gave us a chance to win the game. Um, you know, I thought. Uh, I thought there were good moments for us in that first period. Anytime you can build a lead uh, against a team like that, that's playing uh, at the level they're playing at, you know, that's a positive thing. But, you know, for us, we came into the game tonight uh, understanding that I think they average about five and a half a game in their last six games or so. For us to win, we felt we had to check. We think, you know, there were things that we could have done to check better. Um, in the end, they scored two power play goals, a shorthanded goal, and one five-on-five -five goal. Jay, so you had some um, some illnesses earlier in the week. Then you go to a 20-man roster, and then you have them t again tonight. What, yep. What's this week kind of been like for you as a coach, and especially tonight having to deal with a shortened? Yeah, I, we had a short bench tonight. Obviously, Clem was ill today and, and couldn't go. You know, up front, I... I'm quite comfortable running 11 forwards. I, you know, it wasn't that uh, big of a, a adjustment for us. Um, I thought we worked. I thought we got good, good efforts, um, but we weren't detailed enough to beat a, a an elite team. Is anyone else in the in the lineup kind of not at full strength? You know, you. Got yeah, I think that's the time of year. Um, you know, uh, that we're in. You know, there's bumps, there's bruises, there's illness uh, going through, and uh, you work your way through it. And what did you think? You mentioned the power play in overtime. You know, it's four on three. What did you think? You had a minute, maybe not getting yeah. there. Yeah. You know, first of all, credit to the other team's goaltender, credit to the other team's penalty kill. Um, we had the right people on the ice. We just, we didn't find it. Jay, was the killer of the goal early in the third period? I mean, if you can nurse that two-goal lead deeper into the third period, but before you knew it, it was already 4-3. Yeah. You know, you know, you. I think... And we don't go in, into a mindset in that position of getting into a prevent defense. Uh, we want to continue to play the same game um, to, to continue to take, take the game to the other team. You know, I thought we were soft on a coverage and, you know, they have some skilled players and, and uh, you know, they were able to pot one there. Um, even at 4-3, I felt quite comfortable. Um, you know, the, the difference was they, they tied it up on a five-on-three. 
And uh, as I said, we didn't score on our four on three in overtime. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 5-4 shootout loss to the New York Rangers. Major story in the NHL tonight, and it's our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. The Toronto Maple Leafs have added Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari from the St. Louis Blues. The Blues uh, get a couple of players, a first-round pick from Toronto, a third-round pick that previously belonged to Ottawa. Uh, that's for this summer. And then Toronto's second-round pick in 2024. Minnesota is involved in the trade. They get Toronto's fourth-round pick in 2025. The Leafs also get a player from the Wild. So say Minnesota is involved because St. Louis is retaining half of O'Reilly's salary, and then Minnesota is retaining 25% of O'Reilly's salary. So he, he, he got laundered. O'Reilly got <laughs> laundered through the wild. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs got a lot better. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, to me, be one of the big pickups that are going to happen at the trade deadline. Uh, St. Louis traded Tarasenko to the New York Rangers. I like Ryan O'Reilly to Toronto better. I think O'Reilly is just, he's a pure playoff hockey player that you can put on in any situ situation. You can be on your power play, you can penalty kill, take every big face off, put him out against the other team's top players. He is a quality, quality hockey player. Got huge leadership. Akari, we, we've talked about him as being a guy that uh, teams would love at the deadline. Good penalty killer, uh, good depth player. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a better hockey club today after this hockey trade. All right, Oilers lose 5-4 to the Rangers in a shootout. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. You'll also hear from Connor McDavid, who gets to 101 points, and Derek Ryan, who gets to double-digit goals once again. All coming up on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Cross to Trouba, now to Heedle. He'll wait, he'll shoot. Oh, the save made by Campbell! And the puck cleared out down the ice. It'll be icing against Edmonton. Oh, Philip Heedle looked like he had Jack Campbell down and out. Recovers to keep that one out of the net. Amazing save by Jack Campbell. Well, he did have him down and out because <laughs> yeah. he was down on his belly and he stopped it with his head. That's one of many candidates for Campbell's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell gave up four goals, but I, I thought he might have been the best oiler in this game. He stopped 34 out of 38, made several big saves tonight. It, it was a good game for him. Uh, I think. It's funny, in a game that was 4-4, I think both goaltenders gave his, their teams quality saves and quality starts. Shesterkin, he let his four in the first, then shut the door the rest of the way. Campbell made some big saves at the end of the second, some even bigger saves in the third. He got them into overtime. And then in overtime, a couple big saves too. Campbell made the two wonderful saves early in overtime. Shesterkin had to fight off Connor McDavid on a power play attempt late in overtime. So when you have that, two teams that talented that at times in this game were a little uh, foggy on defense, 
uh, you're going to have great scoring chances, and the goaltenders are going to have to come up with big saves. Both goalies did, but yes, I think Jack Campbell was the best oiler tonight, and gave he's the reason the Edmonton Oilers got a point. Campbell's our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars tonight, Connor McDavid, Chris Kreider, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Rangers take it 5-4 in a shootout. Okay, let's go to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Gordon standing by. Gordon, happy Friday. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? Good. Good, man. I'm calling from New Brunswick. Again. That's what I called last year. At least it's not as late in the night after those playoff games last year. At least it's not four in the morning this time around. Yes, I do vaguely remember your previous call. Thanks for calling us again. I think you guys asked me what was for breakfast last year, actually. (laughs) 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 You know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm kind of playing on both sides of the fences here because I was a diehard. My first love was always the Oilers, but I was a huge, obviously, 99 fan. And I kind of flipped over to the Rangers side, so our household here tonight, my fiancé is a big Oilers fan, so we were kind of going back and forth tonight like we always do when the Rangers played the Oilers. But what what a fantastic Stanley Cup final this would be, eh? Well, you're 100% right, and an entertaining game. Like, every time these two teams play, they're, you're entertained. There's never a dull moment. It, the it the is, skill level is, is huge. It is very entertaining, and it, and it almost seems like the next time they play, I'm just going to give the other team a three-goal lead, and I'm, I know I'm going to come back. <laughs> well, it's funny. Because we had one of the questions after the game by the press. They said, how a good team brings home a two-goal lead in the third period. Well, the Rangers are a great team. They lost a three-goal lead on their home ice earlier this season. Leads are yeah, not it, as they're not as safe as they used to be, and they're certainly not safe with either of these teams playing against each other. Well, and, and it's like any time you got 97 on your team, you, you know it's not safe but you know what it's like i'm gonna say this and i think the rangers and i I, we watch oilers and rangers all year obviously because those are our two teams but i think the biggest mistake the oilers made in the third period was those two shots on net they they let the rangers come at them and i and there's no rush when you play defense like that you had to they didn't keep their foot on the gas and i know shesterkin did shut the door he didn't have a great first period but to me, it's almost like the Oilers let the Rangers just come at them, and that's a big mistake when you got that much speed and skill coming at you. Well, it's funny. Someone upstairs, when I was coming down here for the show, someone said that the Oilers took their foot off the gas, and I said, or, or did the Rangers put their foot on it? Because I don't yeah, know. I, I, don't think, I don't think the Oilers came out to the third and said, hey, let's sit back. I think the Rangers came out and started pressing. And we've seen where the Oilers start pressing in a game and all of a sudden the opposition, they're stuck in their own zone for, you know, seven, eight, ten minutes. I think that's what happened today. The Rangers got it rolling and the Oilers just started. Uh, there was a little bit of panic. Uh, the bounces seemed to all go against them. And the Rangers just come, come and shift after shift. Deep teams are able to do that. They can throw... Every line goes out and just keeps the momentum going. And in that third period, it was all New York Rangers. Yeah, I, I remember this is an interesting discussion because we, we are, I still think, probably at the beginning of an offensive era in the NHL. I, I don't think it's it's peaked yet. If you look at some of the players coming into the league, Rob, you talk about all about the, the time, the creativity. You know, Kelly Rudy has said on my show that he never used to watch the warm-up, and now he <laughs> watches the warm-up just to see what players are working on. And I remember, you know, Derek Laxtall used to coach the Oil Kings mm-hmm. here, and then he was in the NHL for a few years. And I remember when he was still with the Stars a couple of years ago, he said that sometimes in their coach's room that they would talk about that the NHL was becoming a bit like the NBA in that it's a game of runs. And, and you look at a, a, a basketball game, a lot of times you can look, well, you know, this team played really well for 
four minutes in the second quarter, and they outscored the opposition 13-6. But in the third quarter, the other team had a seven-minute run, and it was it was 24-4. And, and you know, and then that's and I feel like that's the NHL. Like the, the, as much as we talk about defending, as you said, the deep offensive teams, there's there's never a let-up. And and what we and we've seen for a number of years too, where a team will have a first period where they outshoot the opposition 17 to 4 and they're all over them and they come out of it with just a one nothing lead and you're like well you know what I, they could be in a bit of trouble because that was their run and you know the opposition is going to come out in the second period and they're going to be better and all of a sudden their run it's whoever executes and capitalizes during their runs that's the team that's going to win because no team or very rarely do you see a team have a 60 minute game where they're the better team all 60 minutes so they'll have you'll have a good 15 minutes and they'll have five well you better capitalize in the 15 minutes you're playing well because when they have their run if they capitalize then you just lost an opportunity and i think that's what we saw tonight the others did capitalize in, in their first period but then the rangers just kept coming and the others just couldn't find it again and both teams have incredible talent up front uh, and, and we also both teams uh, the fourth line again for the Oilers So both teams got some depth scoring in this hockey game. It would be it was a fun game It's been a fun number of games in a row between these two teams And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. This could be a Stanley Cup final and if it is Wow, that would be uh, seven games and well, and if, if you go through it like they play every night no games ever safe yeah, and I think that would be the stress level would be so high with these two teams playing. All oh, right, we're winning 4-1 going into the third. Oh, I sure hope we can get into to overtime at least. But uh, highly entertaining, ton of skill, ton of fun, and uh, hopefully this is the way. This is the way that the NHL is going, where it's a, a skilled game and the skilled players get to be the best. So the Rangers win 5-4 in a shootout. Whenever the Oilers get to 5, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. They are Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. Well, once again, Connor McDavid hits 100 points, two assists, uh, so he actually gets to 101 down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's number 97. Connor, that would have been one you would have liked to get for your goaltender. You had a, had a great game. First of all, what did you think of how Jack played and ultimately just coming out with the single point tonight? Yeah, he played really well. Obviously disappointing. Connor, you guys had a 4-1 lead. Where do you think things kind of, you know, kind of deteriorated throughout the course of the last 40 minutes? Uh, yeah, we had a 4-1 lead, but it wasn't really a 4-1 game. Felt like you guys got a bit fortunate to, to be in that position early on in the hockey game, did you? Uh, no, to be honest, I thought we did a lot of good things on the power play. We uh, capitalized on some chances. That's uh, credit to us, um, you know. But uh, gotta find a way to close that one out. In the third period, you never got the puck into their end, basically. It just kept coming to dump it out, dump it out. It didn't look like they were forechecking that hard, but they just kept coming out. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we got to find a way to get some sustained zone time. In the third. Power play in overtime, you know, it's 4-3, a little bit different. You feel like things kind of didn't go the way you wanted to. didn't seem like you guys got the right look there in the overtime. Yeah, we didn't score. That's, uh, that's what we get paid to do. What's, you guys, I think, have lost seven straight games for golf class regulation here. Where did it go? You guys used to be a really good overtime team. We got to find a way to uh, to close one out um, in uh, in overtime or a shootout. We haven't done uh, obviously a good job at that. 
disappointing in the third period and that you don't get zone time or disappointed that you don't defend well enough? Like what, where's, you know, do you need the puck more in their end or do you do a better job in your end? Uh, you know what, I thought we actually defended all right. You know, we uh, give up a five on three goal. Um, you know, face off play, obviously, uh, you know, we didn't uh, close it out. Um, you would like a little bit of both probably, yeah. Gonna ask you another point, does it matter if you lose game? No. All right, Connor McDavid not commenting on hitting 100 points. I don't know if he would have commented much on it even if they would have won. I don't think. No. He's well, he, 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 for for most human players, um, 100 points is a benchmark. Over three years would be pretty good. <laughs> yes. Well, no doubt. Uh, for Connor McDavid, 100 points is just, uh, it's just another point to where he's going to. And for him, I mean... He'll never admit it, but I'm guessing he thinks, it's, all right, playing this mini game, I think 150 points is what I should get. Uh, so 100 points is just two-thirds to where he's going. Um, but again, another fantastic season. Raymond, he, uh, you could hear the frustration in his voice as he's asking questions, or he's answering questions, and players get that after a loss. They don't, it's tough. But I think there's frustration in too, because he had the puck on his stick and the game on his stick a couple times. Shesterkin made a number of big saves, and a lot of them on McDavid. He made some huge saves on McDavid, and then in the shootout, in basketball, you'll have a guy, and my son always does it when he plays against me one-on-one, -on -one, where I'll break your ankles, where he goes one way and your ankles just buckle because you can't go. Connor McDavid broke Shesterkin's ankles on that shootout attempt. Shesterkin fell. That's how good a move it was. McDavid just couldn't get the puck up to where he wanted to go, but he had Shesterkin beat, and he had him beat badly. So set the line tonight for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it was based on when McDavid got his 100th point. Adam cashes in. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Rangers take the game seven wins in a row for them. 5-4 in a shootout. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Frank. Frank, go ahead, please. Yeah, just a couple of comments. I would probably say that I don't really think that we're as deep as we need to be to make a long playoff run. I think that uh, it kind of portrays itself in not being able to hold leads in the last 10 games. And then when we go into overtime, the, our horses are already pretty burnt out, so they're not going to win the game for us because they've been overplayed. Uh, I, I don't think that going into overtime, um, into a playoff game with 11-7 and seven is going to work. And that, and also the third comment, I think something's wrong with dry sidle. He's either hurt or something's going on with him. And uh, I really, I, I really love that Toronto trade today. Well, I think dry sidle is hampered by something. I, I think agree. That's uh, that's yeah. obvious. Though I, I thought, well, I thought against Detroit, he looked like he was maybe getting back to his old self. But I mean, this could be. I mean, he missed a couple games. I guess almost two months ago now. Was it just after Christmas? Yeah, and, so, then, and then he just was, you know, he took a couple maintenance days this week too. Yeah. So, and for the longest time, I don't come to practice, but Leon, like, they don't take days off. They're superstars on this team. They seem to come out all the time. So when Leon's taking maintenance days, there's probably something hampering him. As uh, Woodcroft talked about, it's this time of year. Every team's dealing with injuries, flu bugs, nicks and knacks. So uh, as for the team being deep enough I, I'm sure that the others would love to add some depth I think right now they don't have any depth because they have no players up here they had to play short because of the salary cap um, and 11 and 7 I mean, that's a good point that the, the caller just made about 11 and 7 in the playoffs 
that means your your 11 forwards are getting more ice time and yeah. if you're going every second night will it affect them uh, the flip side of that is well your defense are never going to be too tired because you got seven guys and they're getting a little less ice time I think come playoff time you'll see both depending on the situation what's going right what's going wrong uh, they do I don't think they're going to want to go 11-7 the whole time in the playoffs I think they're going to want to be capable of throwing a 12 and 6 out there and that's why I think they're going to be picking something up at the deadline and hopefully move some money out that'll allow them to do what they need to do one of the Oilers Pacific Division rivals winning tonight the LA Kings knock off the Ducks 6-3 on the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com in a shootout the Wild beat the Stars 2-1 Islanders knock off the Penguins 5-4 Chicago wins in Ottawa 4-3 in overtime so Vegas 70 points LA 69 they've won three straight Seattle 68 Edmonton 67 so four points uh, pardon me three points actually first through fourth 70 69 68 67 uh, Calgary now with uh, Minnesota winning tonight is out of the playoffs by two points for the uh, second wild card and I, I, I do like when both Edmonton and Calgary are in the playoffs I think it's fun for hockey but right now and I feel you don't feel happy about the fact but right now there are some problems in Calgary and we talked about it on the pregame show with an agent tweeting out about the negativity in the dressing room or amongst the dressing room and it's uh it's not uh, you I don't, don't want to he was directing that at players nope no I think that was directed at Daryl Sutter and uh, that's it. They have. I've watched a few Calgary games. They have not looked as good as they should look. And Jonathan. Well, they're Huber not getting as many saves. Nope, they're not they getting should. saves. And well, Jonathan Huberto, he was third in the National Hockey League in scoring last year. Uh, he might. I don't even know if he's third on his team this year. So uh, they cannot afford to fall much further behind in the playoff race if they want to uh, be playing come April 15th and 16th. Okay. We'll take more of your calls, 780-496-0063. You're also going to hear from Derek Ryan. The Rangers rally from a 4-1 first period deficit. They beat the Oilers 5-4 in a shootout. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Good roll, get it out past a pinching Cody Cece. Good hit by Pulley Harvey there, but again, Derek Ryan trying to play it back to the point. Crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. 5-4 Rangers beat the Oilers in a shootout so the Ranger or the Oilers travel tomorrow to Denver and then they play the Avalanche Sunday afternoon it's on 6:30 Chad 11:30 for the face-off show AM Rob and the game will start at 1 p.m. Well I hope it's not 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. or you're doing the game by yourself. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> What's the latest you ever latest start time you ever had? Well, I guess coming east, you'd f there'd be 10:30 start times with time change. Would you? Would it feel like that though, or would you so used to traveling, you'd get used to it? Um, yeah, you would feel it. I, well, I had the one game. I think it was five overtimes that I played well, in well, the playoffs. Yeah. So then I started playing, at a normal time. Started though. normal, just ended at a weird yeah. time. The um, second, well, actually, the third game, the seventh period, <laughs> would have started pretty late. <laughs> it was tiring. It was. We were kind of <laughs> giddy eating hot dogs and pizza between the periods. As back when health. I told professionals weren't part of the organization and you just ate whatever they sold at the 
I, snack bar. I told you that story. Actually, it was, the, it was the very first playoffs I covered in Lloyd Minster. Uh, the Blazers, they hadn't changed their name to the Bobcats yet, played Fort McMurray. I think it went to the fourth overtime, and at the time, it it became the longest game in AJHL history. I think a game between Camrose and Fort McMurray passed it a few years later, and they used to do 10 minutes of overtime without a flood, and then they played 20-minute periods. So I, I can't remember the total length of overtime, but Fort Mac at some point in overtime sent a, a trainer or, or a parent or somebody to the concession and they bought everything <laughs> so the blazers couldn't fuel up on anything that if is they, a good move right something. there that's yeah. a smart that's a veteran coach or a veteran gm made fran, i believe fran gal was this the coach you might even be listening tonight well in our game we, it was all they went and got pizzas and we had pizzas after one of the overtimes and they brought in hot dogs because hockey players you have your pre-game meal at noon and a lot of guys don't eat after noon like at 12. Right. So all of a sudden it's one o'clock in the morning and you haven't eaten since in 13 hours, you're pretty hungry. So it was kind of funny chomping down on pizzas then having to go out and play and you got pizza stained on your shirt and some of us are a little <laughs> slobby. So the good old days. 7804960063, Tony calling in tonight. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. So I have a question for you. So we played with 11 and six tonight and there's, you know, it's obvious that there's one player that is being ruled out right now, and I don't mean to shut him out, but it's, you know, when we have a guy where we know he's pretty much being traded, we just don't know who to yet, and instead of, you know, playing 11-6, and six, why not either sit him or, you know what, get this guy traded because... You're talking about you're Yessi? Talk, you're talking about Yessi Pugliarvi? Yeah. So you want to sit him and go 10-6? and six? No, but we, there's the fact that we brought, we put down Dylan Holloway. It was all contracts. It's all caps. It's all contracts. Yeah. It had nothing to do with play. They, they, they had to send those players down to allow Yamamoto to come back. It's just one of those things that I'd rather, you know, I'd rather get a trade done here, so that not only is it out of the. Well, how you say? I, like, I'm they've, pretty they've sure been, they've been, they've been about, trying to right? trade. Yes, at this point, they're trying to give Jesse yeah. away. Like, this, it's not as though it's a lack of trying. It's a lack of finding a partner. You, even though it, even though there's been three, uh, t there's been three organizations that say we want him. Who's, oh, oh, who why said they, they want him? Why haven't they traded for him then if they want him that bad? That, that's a question I'm wondering. Well, I, I, I don't believe what you read. If there's a team that wants him, they would have had him by now. That's $3 million. That the, the Edmonton Oilers had to play shorthanded today because of Jesse Pugliarvi's $3 million contract. The if if Ken Holland could have moved Jesse Pugliarvi, he would have moved him because the Oilers are desperate for money. So if there's a team that's out there that wants him, or or he, would have been or he could have moved him, but the return would have been. I mean, Ken's trying to hold out for whatever pick or other prospect. I, I mean, you could you could. If, I mean, to me, if you really wanted to be critical of, of Holland, you could have said walk away from him last summer. Don't even don't even call it. Send him a qualifying offer. I, the only thing I would have thought of is if is put him on waivers to see if anyone picked him up. And then if they pick him up, there's your $3 million gone. And maybe they could have done that earlier this week. Yes, that's right. what I... When they, when they want... Because Yamamoto could have played on Wednesday. That's... I think they... No, you will, still would have had to move another contract well, down, but... But you yeah. would have got rid of... Well, not not if you got rid of the $3 million. If he would have got picked no, up. But, oh, if he would have got picked if up. If he would have got picked yes, up. That's, if, if, so, if, if yes, he were to go to the minors. Yeah, so still, I'm not, I wouldn't even have yeah. talked about sending him the minor. It would have been put him on waivers on Monday. 
and see if someone picks him up. If no one picks him up, all right, now you go to Holloway and Dare. Holloway and Dare got set so, yeah, yeah. so that you go to that, but start by putting him on waivers. If you're trying to get rid of him, put him on waivers. If someone takes him, there you go, there's $3 million, and now you, don't have to, now you can have actually an extra player in the press box in case someone gets sick with the flu. But as far as uh, some saying that there's three teams out there that want Jesse Pugliarvi, I don't believe that's the case. Because this, this has been ongoing now for, well, all this season, if not before that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, there, I mean, there could be teams that have... There, I mean, I'm sure there's some interest, but clearly it's not something that the Oilers... The return isn't well, something that the Oilers feel. Well, the, the return, it's also take his contract and we want this too. We're going to take Jesse and you got to give us... And we want a pick And we want a pick else. as yeah. well. We, yeah. We're not giving you anything in return. And it's too bad. I... Me personally, if I'm a team that's at near the lower in the lower end of the standings, I trade. I say I'll take Jesse Pugliarvi and I'll give him a 25-game tryout and see what he's capable of doing the last 25 games. Then I'll decide whether or not I want to re-sign him or not. Because you can walk away. Well, you wouldn't trade anything for that. No, I would. No, I would trade. Claim him if you I would, were a lousy I team. Would, if I'm a bad team, I would claim him and then give him a tryout, an audition, because he, he's a big, skilled. He's got he's got all the tools, and he has had some moderate success in the National Hockey League I do believe that if I would give him a chance if I was an Arizona or a Chicago or or one of those teams but I I would be claiming I wouldn't be trading anything for him. All right Oilers lose 5-4 in a shootout to the Rangers so Edmonton's record now 30-19 and 7 on the season home ice they continue to be uh, pretty mediocre at home 13-11 and 5 we have Alex on the certainty hotline as well Alex go ahead please Hi there, guys. You know, I was just going to make that point up. I thought by now that Puviarvi would have been would have been on waivers. I mean, I totally agree. I think another club could uh, use the guy and and play him lots and see what he's got. And you know, uh, I'm really surprised at it, especially because Drysdale. It's obvious. I, uh, for a long time, he hasn't played well. He's been hindered, and you know, uh, you're kind of like you're down a, a a player and a half for at the forward position. So. Yeah, it's a head-scratcher. Uh, the other head-scratcher is uh, the first caller who said, wouldn't it be nice to see New York and Edmonton Oilers uh, in the final? Okay, guys, my expectations, they were uh, pretty high. They are not so high right now. You see a team like Toronto Maple Leafs go out and make the move they made today and get in another third uh, team to uh, uh, retain salary. And, uh, you know, it seems to me that year after year, GMs out there for Kentucky team seems to make these magical moves. I don't know what it is, but they seem to uh, maybe they know more than uh, the Holland does. I'm not too sure. But I tell you what, this team is not going to make it out of the division or the conference if they don't improve the roster. That's it, plain and simple. And everyone knows that. So that's my point. I'm a little peeved off tonight. You're darn right I am. And because uh, I'm sick and tired of Woodcroft, too, and his post-game. You know, Spectre, he gave him a question he couldn't answer it right. He deflected and, oh, well, this and all that, whatever. And, you know, how come you can't hold a 4-2 lead, you know, whatever. Oh, well, it's this and this. You know what? It's the team. And, it, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty choked. I, I better get off there. But no one else was getting angry. I think I, I should have got angry. And thanks, thanks. I love your show. All right, Oilers lose 5-4 in a shootout to the uh, New York Rangers. We will get to a couple more phone calls, 780-496-0063, and you'll also hear from Derek Ryan. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Left wing boards. Hyman over to Ryan. He'll shoot. Scores! Derek Ryan goes short side. So Derek Ryan made it 3-0 in the first period, though the Oilers couldn't hold the lead. They lose 5-4 in a shootout to the Rangers. But Derek Ryan double digits once again. That was his 10th of the year. Here he is. Derek, ultimately just a, a point tonight. Um, just kind of how do you how do you assess that, that loss for you guys? Yeah, obviously we'd like to get two points there. Like to crack it down in the third and um, not let it get to overtime. So these are the games that the good team's going to have to figure out how to hold a lead in the third period, right? That's right. That's yep. how you do it. What do you learn from tonight and what has to get better? Well, I think we've done it before. I don't think it's been a major issue this season, but um, it's definitely something down the stretch that's going to be important for us. So um, just about bearing down, playing the right way. Um, thought they got a little couple bounces there with the PP, but um, letting them get the goal early on in the period obviously isn't ideal. And maybe just focusing on the first five minutes there in the third and making sure we come out strong. Is your <coughs> penalty there, did you feel like you had not had possession, but that you actually made an attempt on the puck or that it hit your stick? And I had another call or another penalty like that earlier. No, I'm just trying to knock down the sauce pass to the point and it haphazardly goes out of play and doesn't hit the glass. So I'm not making a play on the puck to whack it out of the, out of the zone, obviously just trying to break it down. So, yeah. You made a really good play on the shootout. You made a heck of a club save. Yeah. Yeah, probably should shoot it on him. It looks like he's pretty, comes back pretty fast and moves east to west really well. So, yeah, good goalie. Derek, I know it comes in a loss, but hitting 10 goals this season, how does that, how does that feel for you to have that kind of contribution for this team? Yeah, it's nice. Obviously, having some personal success is one thing. Um, it's nice to contribute offensively and score some goals. You guys have lost seven games in a row here that went past regulation. Uh, is that starting to become a thing here? Um, well, what's uh, kind of a thing the other way? Last year, the couple of years before I got here, it seems like. So um, I think it all comes out in the wash a little bit, but it's definitely we'd like to get those points. All right, that's Derek Ryan, who, yeah, I mean, the orders were all over the Rangers at that point. Two goals in 19 seconds to make it 3-0. Uh, they led 4-1 after one, but cannot hang on in a Rangers 5-4 shootout victory. 7804960063. Kevin from Atlanta checking in once again. Kevin, go ahead, sir. Hey, yo, guys, I just got to ask because it, it, it feels like last season and the season before that, we'd get to overtime, we'd have McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nurse out on the ice, and it would be like, okay, automatic victory. Like, it just felt like, hey, obviously, we're going to win. And it hasn't been like that this season. And I just don't know what changed. Uh, I don't know. Are teams playing for the shootout because they feel like they can beat it? Like, what's going on? Well, I, I think uh, teams will look at what the Oilers have done when they've had success in overtimes. And they'll say, okay, here's the tendencies or... Okay, we're going out with Connor and Lee, and I think teams are now backing off a little bit. Usually, at the beginning of overtime, both teams put out their best offensive players. 
I think teams we're seeing now are putting out players that can play better defensive hockey, and they're going to say, let's survive the first minute 20 when Connor or Leon are out, and then we'll put our best players out second and, and see if we can win that way. And, I mean, tonight... The, the I've noticed that too, I, and I think it's, it's interesting, right? Because it's like an evolution of the OT strategy, right? Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, to playing against the others, you're trying to survive. Uh, Connor and Leon were so successful in the past that you would you would trade chances with them, and that doesn't work out for teams because Connor and Leon normally will execute when they get their opportunities. So teams have just said, okay, let's try to survive the first minute. We'll put out a smart player. We'll put out a fast player. We'll try to play them defensively. We're not going to cheat anywhere. And we're always going to make sure we have guys back. And if they beat us, they're going to have to beat us. We're not going to give them the easy opportunity. So we saw Columbus a uh, couple of weeks ago play two defensemen the entire overtime saying, all right, you know what, we're just going to play and we'll, we'll go to, an, uh, to a shootout and we'll see if we can have success there. So, And then I think, and Derek Ryan talked about it too, uh, the Oilers had so much success a few years ago when Connor and Leon seemed to score every time. But if you remember, some of those times they scored, the other teams had chances. They didn't capitalize, and then it turned into a two-on-one going the other way. So some point, it just the odds say it evens out a bit. So I think it's a bit of both. The odds right now are just evening everything out, and the fact that teams first shift, they're playing a little bit better defensive hockey when they're going against Connor and Leon. So I just I just look back for so this year uh, this is just games tied after 60 minutes regardless of overtime or a shootout the Oilers have won two out of nine so not very good no last year they won 11 out of 17 pretty good 11 and 6 yep the 15 the 56 game season they only had six games tied after 60 minutes they won four four and two pretty good uh the previous year that got shortened after 71 games when the pandemic hit they'd only won six out of 15 oh just seemed like every time they went in overtime they did win but and then the previous year before that they'd won 11 out of 20 so they would have a better record than not, uh, but it wasn't automatic. I mean, it so seems it did it seem automatic. You're right. I'd have to go back. I mean, I'd have to go back since really since McDavid came into the league. So that year they went at 11 out of 17. That's 65 percent. So that was almost two thirds, and then it was exactly two thirds in the 56 game year. But even even saying that at two thirds, to me, it it almost seemed like it was nine out of ten. When we, those years, it seemed like every time, oh, here comes Connor and Leon. Oh, here they're going to win it again. Um, yeah, it, 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 I, I would have thought the record would have been even better back then. But I know right now the record isn't good. And in shocking, Leon is, has not scored a shootout goal this year. And I think Connor's only got one. So they used to be automatic in the shootouts as well. Uh, the Oilers can throw some pretty good talent at you, but... I, coaching and video uh, teams find out what tendencies are of the best players and the goaltenders watch the videos before games and have a good idea and tonight Shesterkin made one more save in the shootout and we're able to get the extra point for his team yeah well McDavid and Dreisel haven't really had a two-on-one in overtime that used to be almost always how they yep. would finish it well, teams, they're playing smarter. And what you, what a lot of the times where the two-on-ones would come is, uh, for example, the Rangers tonight against Connor and Liam would have a, a kind of an off break. And they'd go and everyone would jump up looking for the rebound. And if it got kicked out, Connor and Leon would be behind the defenders and they go two-on-one. I think now teams are a little smarter. said, so, okay, um, this isn't a sure thing. So I'm just going to back off and let him go on by himself in case the puck isn't scored then I've been back in good defensive positioning because I don't think teams want to get into a 
track meet in overtime against Connor and Leon. You're going to lose every time. So teams are just smarter, and that's just part of coaching. That's part of the more you do overtime, the more you do video, the more you see what teams, what their, their tendencies are, you start to get uh, a little smarter. And I think just playing against the others, Connor and Leon, you, you, if it's a 50-50, take the defensive side. And I think that's what teams are starting to do now. They're making sure that they're not outnumbered at any time when Connor and Leon are on the ice. Yeah, the, 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 the overtime against Detroit, oddly enough, was not that entertaining. This, nope. this one was. Oh, like highly nine, entertaining. Nine shots on goal. Campbell, a couple big saves. He, he got a piece of the Trocek shot that hit the post. The Oilers had six shots on goal. Um, well, in the Detroit game, they, they Detroit dumped the puck in two or three times. Like, they just gave the puck back to them. And, Overtime is about puck possession. Three-on-three is about puck possession. We've seen teams where they'll pass it back to their goalie. Just, you know, I'm going to change. I give my goalie the puck so we, when we get back out. Detroit three times just threw it in and gave the Oilers the puck. It wasn't an entertaining uh, overtime tonight. It was a, this was 65 minutes plus a shootout of entertaining hockey. Uh, the Rangers and the Oilers are both fun teams to watch with ton, tons of talent, tons of uh, offensive ability. And tonight, two goaltenders that made big saves at the big moments for each team. Yeah, Campbell stops 34 out of 38. Shesterkin stops 25 out of 29 in regulation and overtime in the shootout. Nugent Hopkins and Kako scored. And then a bunch of guys didn't score until Lafreniere put it away. It went six rounds. Well, it's funny. After... Nuge scored and Kako scored. You're thinking, okay, this was this is going to be one where it's going to be if either goalie can make a save, it's going to end. Uh, but the, the both goalies got hot and well, made some big saves. I mean, got, like Drysdale shot wide, uh, Panarin shot wide. Actually, uh, Rangers a couple guys did, shot did, wide. Did Benajes shoot wide as well? Yep. Yeah, he did. Yep. Then, yeah. They both were going that far right side, well, our far right side. Um, and then Campbell made a couple saves, and then a wonderful play by Lafreniere. Uh, he. Got the, the the legs open and slid it backhand between the legs. Uh, there's 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 another big save that early in the game Campbell made where I think it was Trocek lost control of the puck, which almost fooled Campbell and he got it under his knee and it just stuck there under his knee as it looked like it might be able to slide through. Uh, it was a 4-4 game that could have been an 8-8 game. That was the number of great eight chances both teams had. All right, so the Oilers' record now 30-19 and seven. And it's, as we know, it's kind of strange when you talk about uh, shootout and overtime losses. Uh, they're 9-1-4 and four in their last 14. So they're getting points, but they now they just have one win in their last five. They're 1-1-3 and three, well, and, uh, in their last five and It's funny, is it, you, you enjoy the points, but when you go in the dressing room, whether it's a shootout loss or an overtime loss, it's a loss. Everybody's it, thinking about what they didn't do yes. as opposed to what they yeah, did. You're, you're, it's, and you could hear it in their voices. You could hear it in Ryan's voice. You could hear it in Carter McDavid's voice. They're disappointed. So as much as it's a, you get a point in the standings, you consider this loss, and if and that's the case, it's three straight losses for the Edmonton Oilers. So they are not going to be happy, and they go into uh, Colorado, who is a very good hockey club that right now is playing well and is desperate for points. And that game coming up on Sunday, it's on 6.30, Chad, 11.30 a.m. for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 1 p.m., presented by Friesen Brothers. Get more on this game and on the Oilers and the Elks on 630 chedcom or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy.
Troy Bowler, our studio engineer at Rogers Place tonight, or our game day engineer, pardon me, Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer back at 6.30, Chet. Oilers had a 4-1 lead, cannot hang on. Rangers take it 5-4 in a shootout. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.